Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Prairie Dumpster Podcast hosted by me, Tyler Penner, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Good to be here. I'm sorry that we didn't do an episode last week. We have now missed an episode. We have now missed a week. We, we, we missed it. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. The Patreons, they didn't miss anything. Those who subscribe to the Patreon, they didn't miss a goddamn thing because they're shelling over cash. You understand? They're actually contributing and supporting me. You who are watching this right now, you're a freeloading normie. I don't know you shit. So I don't have to dance like a monkey. I can take time off. I can just stop the podcast if I want for a few weeks. We can turn this into a different kind of podcast. You know what I mean? We can start having guests on clowns, doctors, shit like that. I can do whatever the fuck I want because you're not paying me for content. You're not doing anything to support me or my endeavors. So I don't feel that bad. But at the same time, uh, I do apologize. Sorry, I was out of the country. I was out of the. I was out of the. I was out of the province. I was out of the country. I was in a different state in a different country. I was in Portland. I went to Portland, and uh, it was great. And truth be told, I will tell you this, and the Patreons already know this. Um, the patrons, whatever the fuck they're called, uh, they already know. I actually recorded an episode out there. I did. I recorded uh, an episode in the hotel room. That was meant for you, the good-for-nothing freeloading normies. That episode was meant for you. I recorded that, um, and it was so bad. It was such a bad episode, I couldn't air it. I have the whole thing. It's edited. It is ready to be uploaded, and I just refuse to do that because here on the Prairie Dumpster, we've got a couple of hard and fast rules, which I used to think was hard and fast. It's hardened fast. I learned that at like 33, university educated, communications degree. Um, the podcast was so bad. We do not, we've got a couple of rules here. We don't edit and we don't delete. Now, I didn't edit anything out. I didn't cut anything out of the episode. And I technically did not delete it. I just refrained from uploading it. Not that it was that bad of an episode, but I was in the hotel room and I was having just an existential crisis throughout that whole podcast. The first 20 minutes were incoherent, somewhat funny ramblings about Portland, but I was so eager. I had a bunch of jokes I wanted to hit, so I was like, and then this, and then this, and then this. <laughs> and it just, it was just bad. And I knew that this was happening while I was recording the podcast. So halfway through, my brain broke and my heart broke because I knew I was fucking up. And then I just tumbled down a slow, uh, a slow slide into just a very sad and depressing existential episode. It's actually quite fascinating to watch. It's a real mental meltdown before your eyes. Uh, but I just was so ashamed of it. It's the worst episode we've done so far from the pilot. And that includes the pilot where literally I was eating peanuts and saying nothing other than curse words and talking about how shitty the podcast was, which is pretty much every episode now. But still, it was just a, a world record bad episode and I had terrible vibes about it. So we didn't upload it. 
But I made a promise to the patrons that um, that in 10 years I will release that episode. In 10 years, that episode is going to come out. Because at some point in the podcast, I do have this moment where I'm looking right into the camera. And I'm like, Tyler, where are you going to be in 10 years? Is this it? What are you going to do in 10 years? 10 years from now. What's it going to be, man? It got really dark. It got really dark. I was really, um, I don't know. I don't even think it was that bad. If I watch it again, it'll probably be a fine. I was like, this isn't that. What are you talking about? But just my vibes were so bad um, that I just can't upload it until 10 years from now when I'm a fucking billionaire and Warren Buffett is tonguing my balls. Then I'll release it and I'll be like, see, see how far I came. I started here and now I'm here. Everybody love me, please. I hate this fucking shirt, dude. What does it take to get a shirt with a tight fucking collar in this city? Come on. Nobody wants to see the lower neck, dude. I want my neck cut off like the old James Hetfield fucking shirts, man. Strangle me. Strangle me. This is how I good. Cover up as much of this body as possible, please. Now, anyways, um, this is like every other episode. This is an episode with zero preparatory work. Um, we're not doing any preparation. Everything that I talk about on this podcast is fresh out of my asshole. I pull it out. I'm like, <laughs> you know, so and that's what you get. And that's what you're not paying for. This is free content. It doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, let's, I don't know what we're going to do today though. I got nothing to talk about really. <laughs> I just don't, I don't have anything to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. What are we going to talk about today? What do you want to talk about? All right. I mean, honestly. Why don't you bring something to the fucking table? Why don't you, as a, as a loyal listener, get in the fucking comments and give me a topic that you want to talk about? All right? You know, you, you, you hate Golden Gramps. You hate that fucking cereal. All right? And throughout your life, for some reason, though, you keep coming across Golden Gramps. Right? And you've always fucking hated it. You hate Golden Gramps. But as a kid, your older brother loved Golden Grams, and your older brother had right to cereal. So when you were in the shopping aisle and you wanted Count Chocolate, your brother would punch you in the ribs, and you'd be like, Ing! and then your mom would be like, what do you want for cereal? And your brother would be like, Golden Grams. And then she would put the box of Golden Grams. So you were stuck eating Golden Grams. And then as a teenager, you got a brief window where it's like, no, finally it's Count Chocolate time. But then you found the woman that you love. You met her, right? And you didn't know that she was the one you were going to marry. It just kind of ended up that way through a series of weird steps. And then at 23, 24, you got married, and this woman happened to love Golden Grams. So now you're eating Golden Grams again. You're back on the Golden Grams. And then you had a couple of kids, kids that you love. You love them. But fuck, dude, they're getting annoying. So annoying. Terrible twos, terrible threes. And this kid's like eight, and he's still like in his terrible twos. It's like, dude, are you going to fucking grow out of your little shithead face or what? I mean, come on, dude. How are you still breaking shit? Why are you still chewing on Legos? You're 12. You need to stop that. All right? Um, but this kid also loves Golden Grams. 
So the mom and the two kids, they're eating bowls of golden grams, and you're paying for this shit, and you don't, you, you know? And you bought home a box of uh, Count Chocula, and you said, hey, kids, hey, kids, try this. And the kids tried it, and they're like, yeah, all right, do we have any golden grams? And they're like, fuck. And you walk into the kitchen sometimes, and, and you see them, they're all eating golden grams together, and you're like, dude. Do they even need me? I mean, they got their own little team here. You know what I mean? I'm at fucking work all day. They're at home. They love each other. I come home. They don't even give a shit. To the point where they're almost like actually disappointed that dad's home now. You know what I mean? They were having such a good time with mom all day. I come home. They don't give a fuck. In fact, I try to play video games with them. They're like, dad, it's okay. Hey, dad, don't you want to go watch TV upstairs? I think there's a game on. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I got to go watch TV. And all you want to do really is play video games with your kids, but they don't want to. They like mom. And then later on, when these kids grow up, they're going to accuse you of neglecting them. They're going to accuse you of neglect because you never played video games with them. And by that point, you're going to understand that, at the, you know, you're just going to have to acquiesce. To whatever trauma demands they have. Not knowing full well. It's like I wanted to play games with you. You didn't want me there. So you just quiet. You go about your work. And now you're eating golden grams. Put that in the comments. We can talk about that. You know if that's happening to you. Come on we'll talk about it. You know. You want to talk about hot air balloons. Let's talk about that. Hot air balloons scare the shit out of me. I don't know anybody that would want to go in a hot air balloon. I think jumping off of a hot air balloon would be an incredible way to kill yourself. Though that would be that's peak suicide right there. If you're gonna off yourself, Daryl, you hear what Daryl, dude? No, what happened? Fucking killed himself, dude. What? D- what? How do you? How? He jumped out of a fucking hot air balloon. <laughs> really? Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. That's a fucking bummer, dude. That fucking sucks. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're laughing? You think this is funny? No, no. Dude, you know I love Daryl. You know I love Daryl. I did. I love. I fucking loved Daryl. Daryl's the man. <laughs> but that's, that's good. You go, oh, come on, man. It's kind of sick, dude. dude. Hot air balloon. That's, dude, I'm sorry, dude. I know, no, he's your brother. I get it. I shouldn't. He's a fucking, you're a fucking monster, dude. Are you laughing at this? I'm not. I'm not laughing. I mean, I know I'm smiling right now. That's unrelated. Dude, this is sad. Daryl dying, your brother killing himself. That is fucking sad, dude. What I'm laughing at. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so sorry, dude. Well, what I'm laughing at is just the picture of Daryl <laughs> in a hot air flume. And he's like, see you. Yeah. Come on, dude. It's a little funny. Yeah, I mean, probably too soon. Sorry, man. <laughs> so, yeah. But hot air balloons are scary. They really are. Oh, God. My eyes are tearing up. Laughing at Daryl's suicide. Um... 
The lighting in here is weird right now. It makes my this side of the face look dark and sinister, and this side look, well, not bright and warm. It's it, bright and sinister. It, the whole thing is sinister, but you see this side is exacerbated by the unfortunate shadows. Yeah. In fact, that's actually a theory of mine, a, a, a weird... Um, I think that's an original theory that I have is that people's eyes, you know, they say that people's eyes are windows into their soul. Uh, they are, but uh, it's only this eye. It's only this side that's a window into their soul. See, if you look at everybody's face, like especially celebrities, most people are split in two, you know? So you cover up this side of their face. Look at that eye. It looks normal, but it looks kind of robotic, right? This is the logical. This is them processing the world, right? That's This is your like, oh, that's a tree. That's a house. That's a squirrel. That's a crow. That's a dude taking a shit on my car. The fuck? You know, but then you go to this eye. This is the eye that, um, you know, receives the emotion and processes reaction, pain, pleasure, everything, right? And the more fucked up this eye is, the more demons that guy has. Book it. That shit is true. That's an original. That's an OG prairie dumpster conspiracy theory. No fucking joke. Actually, if you look at the picture of famous spree shooter Jared Loner, Jared Lofner, Jared Jared Lee Lofner, dude, this guy has got wicked eye discrepancies. Uh, what did who did Jerry Jared Lee Lofner? Who did he kill again? American mass murderer pled guilty to 19 charges of murder. Wow. And attempted murder in connection with the January 8th Tucson shooting. He shot Gabby Giffords, U.S. representative, and killed six people, including Chief U.S. District Court Judge John Roll. It's crazy. And you look at his face. He's really fucked up. His one eye is crazy. Look at Jared Lee Loeffner. Loner, whatever, however you pronounce his dumb name. Um, that guy's got the wicked eye discrepancies, right? And then you look at Hollywood, they're always doing the Illuminati shit, right? Ho, 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 Justin Bieber, I'm a devil worshiper. You know, they always do that shit. They're always covering one eye, you know? It's very scary shit. Something about this eye. Something about this eye is going on. That's why mine's so fucked up. Um... Yeah, that's it. That's it. I was going somewhere with that, for fuck's sakes. Where the fuck was I going? God damn it. Fucking hell, dude. I'm on day two of a fast right now, so all my brain is thinking about is fucking hash browns. And I, and I mean fucking them, you know? <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, God damn it. What was I going to say? I don't know where we're going with that. I talked to my dad today. My dad. Classic dad. Reuben Penner. My dad informed me that he is also on a path to getting shredded, jacked, as we call it here on the Prairie Dumpster Podcast. Um... And he's taking a different approach. He's on the Ozempic now, my dad. And he's a bona fide diabetic, so he needs the Ozempic. He's not one of these flaky Hollywood tarts, 
that just wants to shed a couple of pounds. My dad's the real deal. He needs Ozempic. But uh, something about that scares me. Something about a pill that you take that can just magically erase all your hunger, right? Uh, I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah, millions of years of evolution, we reversed that. We don't need food anymore. Your body's good. Just take this pill. I don't, that scares me. Something about it. Let's YouTube Ozempic right now. Let's actually, because I don't know anything about this drug really. It's for diabetics, but um, Ozempic, they're injecting it? Good God. Uh, It doesn't work when you get off of it. I gained double the weight back after. Recently on the Today Show, uh, Dr. Paul Frank coined the term Ozempic face. And so drugs like Ozempic and Wagovi, as you know, lead to rapid fat loss. And so unfortunately, on one side effect of that is, is loose skin. And so your face is one of the first places you're going to lose that fat. And so you're going to have that loose skin. You're also going to see this in the belly. You're going to have a lot of loose skin there as well. And so um, this is an unwanted side effect. Um, it's just going to take time for that skin to kind of tighten back up. A loose skin. Fucking, what a fucking useless fucking video, man. YouTube shorts. I mean, come on. <sighs> fucking clickbait shit. So sick of it, dude. Lately, I've been caught in these Facebook reels, too. And uh, not just YouTube shorts. YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, Instagram reels, man. Uh, it's fucking eating so much of my time. And I'm on the stupidest shit. The algorithm thinks I'm a fucking moron. Really. Six signs, psychology facts, girl facts. Six signs a girl likes you. One, she'll buy a Mars bar, but she'll only eat half of it. Uh, two, uh, she doesn't really believe in 9-11 conspiracies, but, like, she doesn't think the whole truth is really out there. Three, she tells you she likes you. Four, uh, she has a sniper rifle, but she's not sure where the scope is right now. Five, uh, you know... Subscribe. It's fucking stupid, dude. I'm so sick of those. And I get caught in them. Because they're giving you a laundry list of shit to say to women and shit not to say to women. And the list is like 1,000 on each side. There's so many little things, dude. I mean, can I just be me? Can I just relax? Yeah, okay, I'll fucking blow the whole deal. Yeah, I'll fuck it up. But that's me. That's part of the charm of me. All right? I mean, come on. If you can't handle me at my fucking ridiculous, preachy, cringe, then you don't deserve me at my less preachy, slightly less cringy. I'm sorry. For better or worse. So much shit to think about. Every fucking text is like, how is this going to be interpreted? What is going to happen with this? Is this okay? Should I have said that? Uh, how will she take that? Who gives a fuck? I'm so sick of it. Just let me be me. Please. 
And the answer is no. The answer is no. Don't be you. Be you, but restrain you. Good God. You are at an 11, and it's not a good 11. It's like a bad 11. You know what I mean? You need to fucking tone it down. You work a lot better at like a three or four. This podcast is like at a seven, eight, but a completely chaotic seven and eight. Um, I work better at a three. I work better at a three and a four. Yeah, I don't know where this episode's going. In fact, in the episode I recorded uh, in the hotel, uh, the lost episode, forgotten episode now, um, the time capsule episode as we're calling it, uh, that episode, um, yeah, that episode had a good 10 minutes of dead air where I was just sitting there like this. That was ugly. That was bad. That was not a good look. That was not a good look. cold outside so I can't wait I can't wait for summer dude I'm gonna be shredded I'm gonna be shredded I'm gonna be running through Portage Place no shirt no pants no gitch cops can't even fucking keep up at all they send the chopper after me naked man please stop running I'm gonna be like fuck you and I'm just gonna keep on running like a fucking perverted forest gump it's going to be sick, dude. I can't fucking wait. And the thing is, by that point, I'll have the cardio to be able to get away with it. You know what I mean? And then a bunch of protesters will join me. And they're like, yeah, we're with him. We're with the cause. And I'm like, the cause is just me running naked. Fuck you. And they'll be like, this man's pervert. And then I'll get canceled. But I won't even know because I'll be running naked. And it'll be good. And then the cops will set up a barricade. Just out, just just on the other side of the perimeter. You know what I mean? Just on the other side of the perimeter. Naked man, stop running immediately or we will fire upon you. And I'll be like, all right, you're the boss. But the thing is, I, before I started streaking, I already know their strategy, right? I knew exactly where they would set up their roadblockade. I knew exactly where I would stop in the ground, where they would order me down. 200 yards. From the overpass on the perimeter, boom. I look over. I'm like, all right, hey, hey, pigs, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to go lay down in the ditch. Nothing suspicious about this, but that's where my bag of guns are, uh, guns and ammo are. And then I pull out the gun and ammo. I'm like, surprise. And they're like, fuck, naked man's gone batshit. And then we get into a gunfight. That's what I'm doing this summer. I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Ever since I saw the shootout in Heat, the movie Heat, I've always wanted to uh, be a part of one. I want to be a part of it. It looks fun. You understand? And to 90% of people, they'd be like, Tyler, you're uh, concerning. This is slightly alarming. What do you, you know, this is weird. What's your obsession with the violence? What's your obsession with uh, the paramilitary organization that you're starting on Patreon? What's your obsession? Why is it in every episode you are either 
shooting guns, shooting people, you know, in your fantasies? What, where, where does this come from? That's a good question. I've actually looked into that myself right in this chair. Because the truth is, when I take this camera down, this whole rig, when I take it down and I take the podcast down and I upload it and uh, to SoundCloud and a bunch of drunks in Dublin are done eating their potatoes and they listen to it. And then some incredibly sexy Japanese woman likes my podcast and her name is Chuck. You know, and I'm like, hmm, that's suspicious. I guess it's a bot. After I'm done all that and I take down the whole setup, I still sit in this chair and I stare right at the wall that you can't see. I start, we're getting a phone call. We're getting a phone call right now. And can I just finish a fucking thought here, world? And I put my do not disturb on. Decline. Fuck off. Oh my god. It cut out it cut us off. And they're still calling. These shut the fuck up. I have you on do not disturb. I have this thing on do not disturb. I swear to Christ, I have it on do not disturb. Decline, you fuck. I hope that's not important. I have a doctor's appointment next week. Ugh. Tyler, please, you need to come to the hospital. We fucked up royally, dude. Oh, God, please answer this phone call. I'm like, shut up. I'm doing a podcast. So anyways, uh, you know, what's up with women? I don't know. Anyways, uh, this is insane, dude. I have it on Do Not Disturb. I literally have it on Do Not Disturb. This is weird that they're getting through, even through the do not disturb. That's actually alarming. And I've been called, holy, okay, you know what? Fuck it, we'll answer it. Hello? Hi, good afternoon. I'm calling from Dr. Moffat's clinic. Is this Tyler? Oh, yeah, this is, this is. Hi, Tyler. Uh, Yeah, I got your message earlier, and you said you want to cancel this appointment? Oh, yeah, I'd like to cancel it. Yeah, I'm actually with I'm actually with Doctor Lipschitz now, so they've already been. Oh, oh yeah, they've been going through my insides like you would not believe. <laughs> okay, sure, I'll cancel your appointment on March fourth. Hey, great. Tell Doctor. Yeah, tell Doctor Moffat that I'm sorry. No worries. Okay, thanks, Tyler. Have a good one. Have a Bye. Bye. <sighs> I tried to riff with her. She wanted no part of it. She's all business. You know what I mean. Trying to have a conversation with you, lady. I'm trying to have a conversation with you. Can you give me something? Can you work with me even just one goddamn second? Just a little bit? Huh? I'm playing ping pong. You know what I mean? And I'm lobbing the ball to you. All you got to do is hit it back. She takes the ball. She's like, okay, bye. No, not fucking bye. Hit the ball back. Let's go. Let's do one rally. Little rally. Boom, 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 boom. It's not that fucking hard, man. I get that you're working at a hospital. You have things to do let's riff let's riff a little bit see if there's a spark here you know what i mean can we have one one conversation you're putting a knife in this thing before it even started dude you know what i mean it's like you know it's a little it's a little flame it's a tiny little flame we got a little flame going but you want a big flame so you come along and the whole thing goes out. <laughs> okay, sick. There goes the fire. 
There's the fire. Thanks a lot, man. We could have had a raging bonfire. Now we got nothing. Because you couldn't just chill out and just riff with me a bit. Fuck her. You know what? I'm calling her back. No, I'm not. Okay. It's not that big of a deal. But that was not urgent. That was the hospital. It's fucking hilarious that the hospital actually, uh, that was the hospital. They were determined to call me back. And I don't know how they got through the uh, do not disturb. I've got do not disturb on all my devices right now. I guess the hospital makes it through. Weird. I do have an appointment next week. They're going to inject me with fentanyl right in the forehead this time. That's what they told me. And then um, they're going to take a scope and they're going to go through my ear, through my brain, and then down my throat. And I'm like, why didn't you just go through the mouth? And they're like, oops. That's how they do it here in Winnipeg hospitals. Um, what was I talking about? the hell was I talking about? We weren't talking about anything. This is a bit of a free bird episode. We're getting back to it. If you want the good shit, sign up for the Patreon. We did a beautiful episode from the uh, sunny shores, the marina, well, cloudy shores of Portland, Oregon. And that was a great time. That was a great trip. What a great town. Great people. Drug addicts everywhere. They're all saying hello, if they're conscious. Um, you know, my brother, just a chief. It rekindled. My love for my brother. Full disclosure. Before this trip, I loved my brother. I really did. But I love him like you're supposed to love your family. All right? I love him. I got his back. You know, you don't always like the people you love. You don't always like the people you will you would die for. You know what I mean? But on this trip, I, I, I grew to like my brother. I like him, and I love him now. He's a good shit. Good guy. It was a great trip. I didn't do any comedy. I wasn't there for that. I messaged a couple of people. They were like, Tuh! they did not respond in classic comedy fashion. Hey, that's fair. Fair play. I would do the same thing. Out of towners come to Winnipeg. They try to do comedy. Fuck you. I don't want to know you. I don't care. Um, but no one's calling me anyways. doesn't matter. feels good, man. Winnipeg's a great city. It feels good to be home. feels good to be home. I mean, it's tough adjusting. You know, it's tough adjusting once you get back. And it's not really what I saw out there. It's more what I did, you know. It's hard to do. You can't just uh, you can't just get rid of it. I mean, you can meditate and you can get drunk. You can, you know, they're all just fillers, dude. They're all just empty fixes. There's no getting rid of the things that I saw out there. Me and my squad were walking through down this, uh, there's this little park, right? Me and my platoon, my uh, sergeant, were just walking there. And it's a routine patrol. And this is like a month in. This is like a month into our tour, right? So we had a year-long tour there. This is a month in. We haven't seen shit yet. 
after a month, we were thinking like, holy shit, this place is like peaceful, dude. There's nothing out here. You know what I mean? I don't know where the Chinese are. I don't know where the Russians are, but it doesn't even look like there's any here. You know? And we knew at some point, I mean, we knew that they were hiding in the buildings and the skyscrapers and shit. And we knew that at some point, you know, if we didn't, you know, by some miracle uh, regain air superiority, that it was up to us to go in there floor by floor, office by office and snake all these fuckers out. But those orders hadn't come in yet. And we didn't even know if they would come in. I mean, we had a year there. We didn't know if they were like, fuck that. We're not going to go office by office and chase all these guys. I mean, we're going to get massacred. These guys are trenched in. You know what I mean? They're not attacking us right now because they don't want to wake us sleep, uh, you know, hornet's nest or whatever. But we thought maybe it would just be chill to, um, you know, we would just chill out. We would just hang tight for a year, you know. Because other we had heard about other guys that had done that. Some guys were actually pissed from like other units and shit. Like they had been there eleven months. Like, dude, I haven't fired my fucking rifle once. I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen any enemy soldiers at all. That's how what a stalemate the Battle of Portland was in twenty thirty two. You know. And there's rumors that they were hanging around Salem and that they were poking in the woods and shit like that and that they had traps set up. But but right now, I mean, they had a foothold in North America. They weren't about to give that up. And North America wasn't about to, you know, waste any more resources that they had already fucking lost in the initial attack. You know, so right now everyone's just hanging tight, dude. And they, honestly, it was a fucking great time. I mean, it was still a beautiful city. It hadn't been demolished yet. It was still great. A little eerie because there was like nobody in the streets. But, I mean, that first month was a fucking, that was a joke. That was a joke. That was just walking around getting drunk with the boys. It was a fucking great time. But then we're walking down Tom McCall Park, I think they call it. It's a very long park. It's right by the river. I forget what, the, the Kissimmee River or the Lyomet whatever river that is in Portland, going through there. And most of the bridges had been disabled, but I think it was the Hawthorne Bridge. Maybe the Bur- Hawthorne Bridge? Maybe the Burnside Bridge hadn't been knocked out yet. Right. And we thought, hey, we'll just, you know, we'll walk there. It was just average patrol, right? Well, didn't turn out to be average. In fact, the first bullet that flew in the Battle of Hawthorne Bridge hit the man that was standing right in front of me. Two by two, column formation. His brains ended up on my name patch. That was the first bullet of the Battle of Hawthorne Bridge that lasted two fucking years. Killed over 200,000 soldiers on both sides. Mostly ours. See, those old wars like Vietnam Wars, Iraqi War, Korean War, you know, any war really, uh, North America, the the, the kill-death ratio was always extremely out of whack. It was always incredibly out of whack. It was always like 10 to 1, 5 to 1. You know what I mean? They just had a lot more people and they were willing to take a lot more losses. But on this one, I mean, it was it was the North Americans that were taking 
heavy, heavy losses. Heavy losses. And the thing is, we had no choice. I mean, it was our land. We had to take it back, right? Turned out to be just a giant fucking waste of time. We never got it back. Chinese took it over. Anyways, I don't want to talk about it. It's fucked up. But it's a beautiful city. Portland was great. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to go back. Uh, you know, once we... You know, once some of the radiation fallout from those tactical nukes blows out to the uh, Pacific, then we can go about that. The episode that I recorded in the hotel that I uh, deleted... Or not deleted, but omitted from uh, uploading. It was about this. It was about this. I don't know. Who knows? You know what? When in doubt, we're going to go to chatbot. We're going to go to chatbot right now. And I'm going to ask it a question. See, I re- should have recorded this fucking episode yesterday. I've had 10 cups of coffee today. My brain's like, yeah, it's too much. What is the spiritual meaning of the raven? Why am I asking this? Am I a moron that actually believes in this shit? Yes. I am. But also, I've been seeing a lot of ravens. I don't know if they're ravens or crows. I think they're crows kicking around. And they scare me. Because it seems like every time there's about to be a big change in my life, something is going to go out of whack. Something's going to happen. I start seeing these fucking crows. And this morning, there are crows all over the goddamn place. And they won't shut up. And the last time I saw a bunch of crows, murders of crows, which is the coolest name for a group, a murder, uh, murders of crows kicking around. Um, it was a very sad time in my life. It was a very bad time, emotionally tumultuous. You understand? It was not a good time. I did not have a good time the last time I saw a lot of crows. Now, do these have any connection to each other? Yes, they do. Uh, because this universe and everything I see and all this reality is created by me. You understand that? It's all just a simulation in my brain. So I have to figure out um, what the significance of these crows are. It's the universe. And by the universe, I mean the people who program this simulation are sending me hints. They're sending me clues. All right? And the crows are back. And I don't know what they mean. I don't know what they want. And I don't know what they're warning me about. But I'll be damned if I don't listen to the signs this time. All right? I have surrendered to the universe. I have surrendered to it. And so I need to heed and obey the signs that it sends me. Do I actually believe in any of this shit? (laughs) Yes. Now, spiritual meaning of the raven. 
The raven is often considered a symbol of transformation, change, and rebirth. What the fuck isn't? Huh? What's the what's the what's the spiritual significance of a fucking clogged toilet? Well, it means change. It means rebirth. Okay, what's the um spiritual significance of a uh dumpster filled with diapers and uh old Big Mac sauce wrappers? Transformation. Change. Um Okay, the Raven is seen as a messenger between the spirit world and the physical world. Bam. Uh, carrying messages from one realm to another. See, what did I just fucking say? I didn't even read that yet. You understand? I know what I'm talking about when it comes to voodoo. Uh, some cultures also associate the raven with magic, intelligence, and the ability to shape shift. Now we're fucking talking, man. Reptiles. In North... In Norse mythology, the god Odin was accompanied by two ravens, Hugin and Munin. Um, thought and memory, which flew around the world and brought back information to who cares. The raven can be associated with positive and negative qualities. May represent the mysterious, the unknown, the mystical. Symbolize trickery or deceit. And that's what I feel. That's what I felt last time I saw them. That I was being lied to. See, this whole universe is just one big head fuck. It's a mind trip, dude. I don't like my head getting fucked. I don't like being lied to, especially by myself. So I got to be on the lookout now. That's it. Starting here, right now, right here, right now, today, I'm not trusting anybody ever for the rest of my life. Everybody is out to get me. Now, you might think, oh, this is that's a bit of a sad outlook. Wrong. Safeguarding myself. Safeguarding myself from the lies of others. It's essential to note that interpretations of spiritual symbols can watch. Shut up with your fucking disclaimer. Okay, let's see what the spiritual meaning is. What is the spiritual meaning of the crow this is the episode that just makes us fucking plummet in the rankings i'm talking we're in the low 900 thousands right now similar to the raven the spiritual meaning of the crow varies transformation change intelligence and wisdom messengers of communication guardians of sacred law spiritual insight mystical or magical symbolism i don't know I don't know what it means, but I do know that the crow is one of the smartest birds in the world. In fact, I heard stories that uh, a farmer once kept having these crows fly over his land and land on his crops, right? So the farmer one day went out with a rifle and he loaded it and he went, And the crows started firing back and the crows were like, ah! And the farmer was like, suppressing fire! Cover, goddammit! Get down, goddammit! 
And the farmer's son was like, Dad, get out those bangalores. I, Dad. And he's like, Dad. And the crows were like, ah. And one of the crows was like, And the farmer was like, murder, murder is incoming. And the son was like. <laughs> and this happened. But as a result of this skirmish uh, for years, I'm talking 20 years after the crows flew around this farmer's field. Not only did they avoid the farmer's field, uh, but they passed it on down generations that this corrupt, this farmer was a fucking douchebag. This farmer's not cool. Everyone else is kind of cool. This farmer's not cool. So just fly around his farm because he's a fucking bit of a dick. There's also a story last year in Transcona of a murder of crows who were extremely aggressive to um, a couple of people on a certain street. And not in self-defense. They they purposely went to fuck with these old people. Which is... <laughs> Which is so sick. They were like terrorizing this group of people in Transcona. That they would just swoop down. This lady was afraid to leave her house at some point. Because every time she left the crows would be like. Ah, ah, and she was like fuck. <laughs> I don't want to live like this. So the crows are smart. They're smart enough to A. Um, avoid danger. and But B. Realize how fun it is to fuck with people. Especially innocent people. It's so fun. To fuck with them. And that's what these crows did. But they scare me. Their spiritual significance scares me. I don't know why. Because they're tricksters. Every time I see a murder of crows, I'm like, am I being an idiot? Am I lying to myself? Am I being lied to? You know? It's hard to say. A lot of people would just dismiss this outright. Fair. I get it. But you don't know what the crow actually is. You think it's a bird. Might be. It might be a bird. Might just be a bird. It's just a fucking bird. They're just living their life. Right? But they very well might be shape-shifting spirit beings sent to deliver some sort of message. They might be. Do I believe in this shit? <laughs> yes. Now, this is episode 47. What? And we're going to go into numerology. And this is just getting, just this podcast is getting just stupider and stupider when it comes to the spiritual shit. I don't care. You understand? Because this spirit shit, it's a lot more interesting than my actual life is. What'd you do today? Got a cup of coffee. Oh, cool. How was comedy? Good. Fuck that, dude. I'm talking to spirit shape-shifting crows over here. They're sending me a message. Tyler, you're a fucking moron. And I'm like, all right, crows. Oh, shit, they're part of the simulation. They're actually, uh, you know, little pockets of code flying around. Come on. That's going to beat the shit out of the walk that I'm going to tape to the vape store later. All right. What is the significance Oh, fuck, there's a leap year episode <laughs> uh, of. Actually, that is significant. 
That is pretty significant, dude. We're not going to be able to do an episode like this in four years. Leap year. We caught it. We caught the fucking leap year, dude. That's crazy, man. Is it? What is the significant? Not, not this. I want that. Um... In summer, oh, fuck's sakes, I'm sorry, guys. Um, in numerology, 47. Bam. There we go. Numerology of 47 divided by 2. Archetype name, the sensitive healer. Who's more sensitive than me? Nobody. The digits in the number 47 add up to 11. Called the second. Who cares? Oh, yeah. I'm going to subscribe to your numerology chart. Okay, cool, bud. Um, 47.2 is one of the most melancholy numbers. The number four is often unhappy. Four is a sad number. Four is a mope. And it's kind of a drag already because four walks around. You show up to the party. He's like, hey, guys. You're like, dude, what? what? You at least act happy once in a while for like you, like, I mean, all you've said so far is hello. And you've already brought the vibes down in this fucking party. Okay. And I know like you're probably having a tough time and I'm sorry about that. Okay. But like if shit's that bad, stay the fuck home. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like you, you like I've tried to help you for, I think you'd like being sad. You've made sadness a part of your identity. I don't even feel, fully believe that you actually are that sad and that depressed. I think now it's just part of your identity. So now you're walking around like, oh, man, shit's rough right now. I got it pretty bad. But I don't actually think that deep down you actually feel the sadness. I don't believe that you're actually part of the sadness. I think it's now it's an ego thing. You've attached sadness, depression to your ego. And now it's part of your identity. You know what I mean? And you need to figure out a way to get that and realize that you're actually happy for. And if you can't do that, that's fine. I understand because that's a hard thing to do. But then in that case, stay the fuck away from me because you are a drag. You're a fucking buzzkill, dude. All right? And I'm done. I'm done acting nice to you because I've consoled you for the past couple of fucking years, dude. I've tried to coach you through shit. I've been there. Countless fucking nights we spent by the bridge there talking about your bullshit, which, by the way, I know like everyone's, you know, hardships are, you know, unique and and heavy to them. But yours aren't that bad, dude. I'm going to tell you that right now. You've got a lot to be grateful for. That's your fucking problem for you're not fucking showing any bit of gratitude. And you walk around like there's just this black cloud hanging over you, not realizing that the black cloud is inside you and you're keeping it there. You could easily get rid of this shit. That's your problem for you're you've oh yeah you're always sad you're always sad you're always sad okay but I'm not like you need to stay the fuck away from me now all right because I've done my part to try to coach you out of this sadness and to really but now you're just holding on now it's an ego trip now it's like a shirt you wear you know what I mean so you got to figure out that shit out on your own but don't be showing up to my fucking house saying hey guys because you're not bringing the party down we're not making this entire fucking party about you. You understand that? We're not doing that again. All right?
this this entire party that I got set up here, we're not all going to turn it to four. Are you okay? Are you all right? We're not doing that. Not this fucking time. You had that in mind? You want, you're want you on a fucking comfort trip? You know what I mean? You want to get your fucking comfort in? We're not doing that, dude. You can hit the fucking road right the fuck now, dude. I'm not going to... You're not... You're not dragging my party down, sitting at the fucking chip table with tears in your eyes again. I don't give a fuck. All right? I see right through your shit, bro. Don't even fuck with me, four. The number four is often unhappy and dreams of another or a better place. Dude, you got a fine place right now, dude. That's your fucking problem. All day you're spent with your head in the clouds, thinking of yachts. Thinking of sunny beaches. And you're ignoring the sunny beaches in your own fucking life, dude. You got a cat. You got a great family. All right? And if you don't like shit in your life, work to change it, dude. But, like, you can't just sit at home all sad because you've dreamt up this fucking fantasy land thinking that, like, oh, man, that should be mine. I wish I was there. Motherfucker, everybody wishes they were somewhere else. It's not my job to walk around and comfort you. Fucking four, dude. Get the fuck out, man. Also, I told you to bring chips. Did you bring the chips? Of course not. You're too sad to go to the fucking store. Too sad to buy salsa. You're at the chip aisle. You're looking at chips. There's too many tears, so you just walked out. Fucking loser, dude. I'm so sick of this guy. No, I, I don't care if I'm being a dick, dude. You know how many fucking nights I've spent with this guy? Number four? I've had a heart-to-hearts, hour-long heart-to-hearts, dude. Right? It's been countless nights, dude. I could have gone to the Jets games, free tickets, man. No, I got to hang out with four. Hot day tonight, man. I think she really likes me. Oh, can't go. Number four's calling. He's got something to talk about. Hey, four. Oh, you need some money? Here's 20 bucks. When am I going to get that back? Oh, wait, it's four. So fucking never. I know I'm being a dick. I don't give a fuck anymore, dude. And you shut the fuck up too, dude. Honestly, you have no idea what I've been through with this guy. So whatever. The number seven may be distant and live in a self-made parallel universe. See, seven's just on salvia. Seven's just tripping, so he's cool. Nah, don't worry about it. He's just fucked up right now. Seven's cool. He's, he's just fucked up. Eleven divided by two is a sensitive number that also often longs for the princes and or prince of his, her dreams. Everybody wants their special person. Eleven is no different. Maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Trust in the simulation and trust in the crow. So in 47 divided by 2, I don't know why it keeps dividing by 2. So in 47 divided by 2, we find three, the three most longing and melancholic numbers wrapped up into a single number. God damn, dude. 47's got problems. This episode had problems. But the thing is, I don't feel that sad right now. I don't feel that melancholic. I really don't. So I don't know what that means for me. Maybe the crows and this episode are telling me that I'm about to feel melancholic. God, that would suck. We're not doing that, all right? I'm not turning into number four, all right? We're done feeling melancholic about anything. I feel melancholic about something. I'm going to the goddamn gym to get jacked, and then I'm going to take my gitch off, and I'm going to run through Portage Place with an AR-15. You understand? We are done with that number four shit. That guy's a pussy. 
You know what I mean? He's not a pussy. He's been through shit. Don't get me wrong. He's got reasons to be sad. But at some point, dude, you got to pick yourself up. Or even if you can't pick yourself up, stop asking me to pick yourself up. Because every time I've picked you up, you just fucking fall right back down again. You throw yourself down. Get fucked. In Imbalance, 47 gives a desire to escape from the world, and one might prefer books, nature, or computers rather than human company. Hey, there can also be a tendency to melancholy and depression. Uh, Imbalance, it's a number that stimulates artistic and creative abilities, and it gives an ability to create something unique that you give to this world, such as this motherfucking podcast, which is over now. That's the podcast today. What an awful episode. Terrible throughout. Well, not terrible, but disjointed. This, not disbanded, disjointed. This, um, disorganized, you know? No order. Chaotic. It's not good. It's not organized. And it's not the product that we want to put out on Prairie Dumpster. But like I've said from the fucking get-go, uh, this podcast is, um, we're just in practice mode until episode 100. Honestly. The first 50 episodes, this is just us doodling. We're just going, and then the next page, the next 50 episodes, we'll actually try to dry, uh, try to draw something, and it's going to suck. But we're going to keep doing it, and we're going to keep doing it, and reps, and reps, and reps, and reps, and reps, and reps, and our listeners are going to go, and we're just going to keep doing it. I don't give a fuck about you. Do you understand that? Get that through your head. I don't care about you. I don't care about anyone. I don't care about the crows. And I sure as fuck don't care about number four. It's about me. It's about my growth. It's about my progression. You want to get on board? Get on board. You don't. Hey, all the best. I get it. It's not a big deal. That is the podcast today. Uh, shout out to um, and shout out to just a chicken breast. <laughs> I know that's where I'm at right now. I think I shouted them out last time. Uh, let's go with something different. Yeah, I had some good food in Portland. Actually, I had some horrible sandwiches from their Safeway, which I said on the Patreon was half Safeway, half porta potty, half safe injection site. That Safeway, I've never been scared inside a Safeway. I was scared inside that Safeway. Reeked of urine, like palpable urine. Uh, Drug addicts outside injecting heroin into their veins as I'm like walking past with this like day-old turkey sandwich. Very sketchy, very sketchy Safeway there in Portland. However, um, we did have some good sandwiches. Super Deluxe made a hell of a smash burger. I had a chicken sandwich from there. It was delicious. But also, um, I would probably say sandwich of the week went from some little diner called Charlie's who made me this Italian sub that my brother got on DoorDash. It was lights out. It was incredible. What a sandwich. What a time to be alive. God, salami, pastrami, uh, galami. Rotrami, uh, Balani, uh, Capani, Stepani, Rotani, all these meats, Provolone, Home Alone, Cordless Phone, 
it, all these cheeses on the sandwich. It was incredible. Um, really, just a terrific Italian sandwich. God love those Italian-making sandwich guys. Shout out to you, Italians, for the sandwiches only. Everything else, ugh, not a fan. But the sandwiches you do, guys, you make. Your personalities, no, not so much. But your sandwiches are good. All right? Personal hygiene, <laughs> but your sandwiches are delicious. You know what I mean? Um, your country as a whole, the people that you've produced over the years, ugh, not a fan. But your sandwiches are delicious. Really. Good job, Italy. Culture, art, sports, disgusting, awful. But you make a good sandwich. So thank you, Italy. Um, I'm kidding to any of the Italian listeners out there. I love Italy. I love Italy. Italy's a good one, man. They've, they've really, what a good country. Goodfellas and pizza. One country came up with Goodfellas and pizza. Honestly, ranking in the top, as far as like cultural contributions to the world, Italy is fucking top five. Has to be. Good Lord. Goodfellas and pizza? Chicken parm? Fuck, man. Italy rules. Next, shout out to... Shout out to all the boys yesterday who did the Just for Laughs showcase. Everyone fucking crushed it. We did really good. And the crowd did us no favors. The crowd at Rumors last night uh, was doing us no favors. He had to work. He had to work like a fucking little block of ice. Every one of us had to take a little blowtorch to it. But Winnipeg Comedy represents. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Winnipeg Comedy rules this fucking country. Per capita, cannot be fucked with. And again, I say that having never left Winnipeg to do comedy. Okay. Having done comedy maybe two times outside of the perimeter. Um, Winnipeg rules. All right. Winnipeg rules this nation. Benji Rothman, Mike Green, Andy Noble, Matt Nightingale, Emmanuel Lemura, Tyler Katowski, Jordan Wellwood, myself. Mike Green, Benji Rothman, did I say that already? Those were the guys yesterday. Sarah London, Jada Barber. Um, just a fantastic showing from Winnipeg last night. Fucking good to see. So shout out to my boys and shout out to the rest of the comics that are going to um, Andy Noble. Did I say that? Uh, shout out to the rest of the comics that are going to be on the basement tonight for the other half of the Just for Laugh showcase. All performing and dancing like monkeys for one Neil Bansell, who is the Just for Laugh scout. Seeing if there's any talent out here in Winnipeg. And guess what, Neil? You're going to find some. And he knows that. He's a smart dude. He's a good dude. Um... And that's pretty much it for the podcast. Today's song, Winnipeg Band, Winnipeg Band. Dude, if you like soccer riots, hooligan fights, you know what I mean? You like to see hooligans just fucking going at it, just pummeling the shit out of each other. You know what I mean? FC Sparta versus uh, Millwall. Um... And you just like to see 14 guys on 14 guys just kicking the fucking shit out of each other. This is the band for you. This is the song for you. 
I'm talking those old YouTube videos where it would be in some ghetto suburb of St. Petersburg in Russia where Spartak Moscow was fighting, you know, FC St. Petersburg, whatever. And pretty much what you have is you have 14 Russian criminals fighting and beating the shit out of 14 other Russian criminals. And it's extremely violent content. That's all over YouTube. It's incredible stuff. It's so good. Um, just good old soccer riots, man. Hooligan violence. I love hooligan violence. I really do. I don't want anyone to die, but if, like, you know, 40 guys want to throw trash and seats at riot cops and a different team wants to do the same, so that with the hopes that these two teams, these two, this group of 40 guys and this group of 40 guys can eventually meet and they can beat the shit out of each other, that's just a game. Nobody's getting hurt there except for the players of the game. I don't even know why you would break that up. I don't even know why that's a crime. You know, group A of drunken criminals, they want to they wanna fucking scrap with group B of drunken criminals. And guess what? Group B is down. They want to scrap too. Why is the law getting involved? Everybody's a willing participant here. Let them kick the fucking shit out of each other. What's the problem? I don't get it. I really don't. But hey, if you agree with that, then you'll agree with this band. This band is human fucking target from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Born and bred right here, right in this city. And this is a song, Get in a Fight. And if this song doesn't make you want to uh, throw down, if this song doesn't make you want to commit some serious hooligan violence, you don't have a pulse, dude. I mean, this is a fucking amp-up song. You know? You want to go to a soccer game. And you want to join three other guys who are just kicking the dog shit out of a man who is turtling on the ground just because he happens to cheer for the other team. That's what this song does. It makes That's what it makes me want to do. This is Human Target. And I've been Tyler Penner. 47. Melancholic episode. Disjointed. Gross. Crows. Laughing. Laughing at me. Number four. In the corner. Crying again. I got no time for it. Not all episodes are going to be winners. I don't give a fuck. You understand? We're just playing around. It's just a simulation. We're all just fucking... We're just goofing around here. What are you going to do? I'll see you guys next week. Patrons, I'll see you this weekend. I love you guys. I love you too. I really do. I love you. And I even love Four. I love Four. He's just fucking annoying sometimes, dude. Like, come on, man. I know you've got balls. Stand the fuck up. You know, stand up. You've got agency. You've got a right. Claim it. Claim your right to fucking happiness, regardless of your consequences. You know what I mean? Stand up. I don't know. Whatever. Four's got his own path, and he's going to realize his journey eventually. But I don't think it has anything to do with me. But, hey, I love you guys, and I'll see you guys in hell.